This morning we are blessed to uh, hear from our pastoral intern, Christian DuPont, who will continue our sermon series that we've been in for this month of October, which is um, kind of a, a revisiting some of the main themes that inform our, our calling, our vocation here in this place. Um, namely, a conviction that God is, is present here, not just in these special times of worship, um, very much that, but also in this particular place um, and operating out of that. And Christian has uh, a great background. Uh, you've seen him up here and you'll see him Friday night. Um, he's an amazing musician and has an amazing background in worship music, uh, but also in worship studies. And, and so I'm really excited to hear um, some of that. Uh, again, using a, a Psalm of Ascent, we, we read that last week. This is another one of those Psalms. We sang it earlier today. And so I'll invite Christian to come up and share with us from Psalm 122. So I'm just going to read from the screen, then I'll go into it. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel. There there stand the thrones of, uh, for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my people, family, and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. This is the word of the Lord. So... Hello, everyone. I am Christian, the pastoral intern. So if you were expecting Chris today and you braved the rains and the, the, the marathon outside, I'm sorry, but you got the backup, and I'll do my best. So who here has been hiking? I was just hiking yesterday. Okay, we got a lot of hands. So as Chris said, I kind of have a background. I've done like a lot of worship study stuff, and what I've kind of noticed is that Christian worship is a lot like hiking. I feel like there's a lot of anticipation before, or, or maybe you, you're not anticipating it. Maybe you're really dreading it. You roll out of bed and you come in. And we're all coming to this point. And with hiking, you usually just don't hike to somewhere that's like non-appealing. You're coming to somewhere where you. I like to hike to waterfalls and rivers and mountain views. And worship's kind of like that, too. We're coming to a place where we want to experience some wonder, something that we don't normally see. That's why most people go hiking or they go to the outdoors. You want to see something or experience something or feel something that you don't see everywhere else. But also, like hiking, sometimes you might climb a mountain, especially where I'm from in Georgia. You climb a mountain, you get to the top, and it's just like a view of a local hospital and a Burger King, and it's very <laughs> underwhelming. And sometimes worship can feel like that too. You roll out of bed, you come here, you're expecting a lot or you're expecting nothing and nothing seems to happen. And I think the third step of hiking and worship is you have to leave. You have to leave that place that was either very mundane and boring or the place that was wonderful and beautiful, the rushing waterfall or the mountain view. And if you're like me, I'm the type of person on my way back down the mountain or down the hike, I go down like really fast. I like don't look at the trail signs. I just like sprint down the mountain to like get back to my car and go home. And often with worship, I feel like that's something 
we do too. We like go back down the mountain too fast. So speaking of mountains, Psalm 122 is about people going up a mountain. It's as Chris said last week, it's a Psalm of ascent. So these are Psalms that are all about the people of Israel going to Jerusalem, a place that's on a mountain. At least that's what I've been told. So um, haven't been there yet. So they're going up this mountain to worship. And Psalms of Ascent, if you like, don't know, they're also songs. Like These are songs people would sing on the way to the temple. And in Israelite worship, you'd go to the temple to get forgiven for your sins. You'd go to worship about three times a year. There's different festivals. There's Passover, Festival of the Booths. There's another one. I can't remember the name of it. But there's this yearly rhythm of going up and down the mountain. And these songs, Psalms of Ascent, they're not just songs you would sing on a road trip. It's not just like the cassette that's stuck in your van, you can't get out, or songs you sing on like at like a summer camp. These songs are they're didactic. They teach something about God and something about worship. So I this is probably not accurate. This is my imagination. I imagine like families and caravans and they're like learning these songs and like teaching why we go to worship within them. So I figured a good way to talk about God in this place at Oak Church and how God is in worship is to go through um, this Psalm of Ascent and kind of unpack it to see what does this Psalm have to say about Christian worship and what does it have to say about worship in this place. Another really interesting thing about Christian worship in general is there's like, there's no prescribed text because Christianity came out of Judaism. There's not like one chapter of the Bible where it's like, this is how you do church. And that's why there's so many arguments about and so much diversity in what church can look like. So the best thing we can do is look at different passages like Psalm 22 that give us some general light of the patterns and what worship should be. So Psalm 122 opens with, um, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. This phrase may seem insignificant, but it shows that gathering physically and spiritually is like essential to worship. You may recognize the language of like, let's, let us go to the house of the Lord, which is commonly used in call to worships. I don't know if ours today use that line, but it's something calling together the people of God for worship and preparing our hearts is something that's really important. I like to think like this is like stretching before exercise. We come on Sunday morning or whenever you worship, we come from different places, different places emotionally and physically, we're tired or maybe you're energized. And this is a calling to like call to worship, having this gathering time is a time to like reset your heart, kind of like get your mind in focus, which kind of shows that number one thing is that this space of worshiping God within corporate congregational worship is different than the presence of God. Like, outside these walls. There's something special about God's people gathering together. So the next section, it says, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. And I don't really know what that means. It just makes me envision a very crowded place. 
Um, that's where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute giving to Israel. There stands the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So this next portion of the psalm continues to describe worship at the temple and the festivals in kind of a roundabout way. Praising God according to the statutes of the Lord is what we do in worship, and especially in Israelite worship, would be very important. There's a lot of rules and exact things you have to follow, and a lot of those rules have to do with the last line of this psalm, which is about the throne of judgment, which sounds very kind of foreboding, like, it just sounds scary, the throne of judgment. And when I was, like, reading this psalm, the, I had a really hard time wrestling with that because I feel like when we come to worship, we don't have this idea of the throne of judgment. I feel like we come to the throne of grace, and that's a very Christian idea. So I had to think about, like, what is judgment and why is judgment so important? And I kind of got came to the conclusion just reading about it more and thinking about um, some courses I've taken and looking at the word judgment, there's kind of two actions that are associated with judgment. So first, in like a judgment scene, someone has to make a confession or like the crime is basically listed on you. Like this is what you've done wrong. And then it's owning up to where you fell short or maybe someone else is accusing you of something. You're, you're basically, it's getting laid out there. The skeletons are out of the closet. And then following the confession comes judgment in the sentence. And I think it's important to see that in Christian worship that we also have this same rhythm. We, can, we say corporate confessions together. We confess our sins. We acknowledge where we fell short. And at the same time, we are judged by God. We're judged, we're judged but we're also given, we're given the grace of God, and we sing about that grace, and we participate in it at the table from week to week. And for me, I kind of view the table as like a roundabout way of the throne of judgment. If you've ever, ever seen those like moving art pieces or like cool furniture things where it's like something else and then you can move some pieces around, I feel like the table will used to be the throne of judgment and now we see it differently. Another distinction to also make is that for Israelite worship, coming to the throne of judgment and making sacrifices three times a year for them was also a sign of God's grace. I don't think we should view it as something that was just like they had to do this or they're doing this out of fear, but also realizing that this temple ritual and the rhythms of coming three times a year to the temple to do sacrifices was as much as it sounds very harsh for us now, it, that's God's grace, and they were participating in that grace. But we have, we have a different way of doing that through Jesus. And then the last part of this psalm, which I think is the most, I, it's the part I love the most, and the song Katie and the band led us in today kind of really centers on this section. So the last, last section of this psalm says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. Prayer is essential to worship. We pray through songs. We pray through called worship. We pray through corporate confessions. 
and we pray internally. We're always talking to God. So I think the most important part of this psalm is this end part, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. May those walls you love be secure. And I think that's why it's so important. I love the prayers of the people in our worship service every week because that, that's the time we get to live in and participate in those prayers and realize the things we talk about in these walls directly apply to what's happening directly outside of them. We pray for peace for our families and our friends and our church, our city and the globe. God is present in our prayers for peace. In worship, we converse with God, we sing and pray to God, and God responds to the movement of the Spirit in the world. This conversation shouldn't just end there, though. It shouldn't just be a prayer of the lips. It should be a prayer of our hands and our feet and call us to action. The last verse of this psalm says, for the, sake of the for the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. Often in the Old Testament, we see rhythms of people going up and down the mountain, going to the temple and coming back. And the way they, like basically throughout all the Old Testament, people are always going to the temple. They're always doing their sacrifices, but the conditions of the kingdom of Israel are always changing. They turn their back on God, something bad happens, and they come back. And very often there's this language, I know in Amos, that's used where God says, like, I despise your festivals, I despise your worship. And it's like, it's very heavy language, but at the same time, it kind of gets at something. During all these times, they're always still going to worship, but they're not being transformed by what's happening. The festivals and the temple worship and receiving God's grace isn't extending outside of the walls. They're pursuing peace within Jerusalem, but not outside of its walls. So um, to seek this peace and prosperity requires us to not only speak about it. This work takes place within the walls of the church, but also throughout the week in our lives, our homes, our jobs, and our families. Since we've been talking so much about where God is, I feel we, 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 all, we, we obviously think God is here. God is at church, and that's kind of the way I grew up. And God is especially here, and we receive his grace here in multiple ways, but God's also everywhere else. And just um, this psalm helps us live into that, to continue to seek the, pre, the, the peace and the prosperity. So I want you to think about hiking again. Hiking is something we anticipate. It's something that might, we might like for negative or positive reasons. It takes energy. Sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it's not. But I think the heart of hiking is that it's exercise. You can't just go hiking once or go running once a year and expect to be transformed. And I think worship is the same way, and that's probably why you had this yearly rhythm of Israel going up and down the mountain because God didn't just want them to come once. It's something that should be a part of your routine. And I think like exercise, I think worship is a great, like, it's so much like exercise. We come every week and some days it feels good and some days it doesn't. But gradually through worship and through us as a congregation in Oak Church in the last five years, I can't even imagine how many different gatherings have happened in the last five years. And 
Most of us haven't been there for all of them. But through all those gatherings, Oak Church as a church and as a people, we're getting stronger. We're like learning more. It's not just something that happens on one Sunday. It's a process. And through that gradual, perpetual exercise of doing worship and meeting God here in calming our minds, in gathering together, in singing songs, and confessing and receiving grace at the table. We are transformed from week to week. We're exercising a spiritual muscle. And that should help us and equip us to um, seek peace and prosperity. So we are being transformed and shaped by God each week, week by week, year by year, and season by season. These rhythms of worship, receiving grace, extending grace, speaking truth, living, praying, and being the answers to prayer, crying and comforting are the heart of worship where God is present in this place, Oak Church. God is present here every time we worship together. God is present every moment of our lives outside these walls. And God is in all the moments watching us as we continue our weekly journeys, hiking up and down the mountain. God is present watching and guiding us as we are slowly being transformed, becoming the people of God who pray for peace, act towards peace, and will one day live in a reality of perfect peace. Um, I'm going to close this out with prayer. Um, dear Lord, um, thank you for this day. Thank you for this place and the almost five years of Oak Church. And thank you for the many times you've worshipped together and gone up and down exercising. Um, thank you for the strides we've taken to pursue peace and the peace we have within our community and that even through the events this weekend that we all continue to be an extension of your grace and your love and peace to this community. Um, help us to recognize that you are everywhere and that you are here and that we will live into that and pursue peace. <laughs>